0: Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin and this is Voices. Every Wednesday I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Voices. This is me, Cynthia Chaplin, and today I'm delighted to welcome Marja Murgudich to Voices. Maria hails from the Peljizek Peninsula on the Dalmatian coast in Croatia, where she co-owns Bora Morgudic Winery with her brother, Niko Bura. And she grew up working in her family's vineyards when the grapes were handed over to the cooperative winery in her village, Potonje, But her father died when she was 11, and that's when she decided to become a winemaker all on her own and she credits her mother and her grandmother for encouraging her at a time when men held all the power in Croatia. So I'm fascinated to hear your story, Mari. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Well, we know that women in Croatia have always been involved in winemaking historically. Croatia has been a winemaking region for thousands of years, but it's only recently that women's influence has become more recognized. And I just wonder what was it like for you as a young woman winemaker in the early days without your father? You know, were, were the men in the wine sector welcoming and supportive? What was it like when
1: you began? Oh, of course, the traditional way of life in small village, Dalmatian village, Potomia, where I was born, was very patriarchal in the time when I was growing up, of course. We say that women hold the three walls of the house, but men sit on the top of the table. My father died when I was 11 and my brother 13. So we grew up with mother as head of family and estate. Our grandmother also became a widow at a young age. So she was also there all the time in, in the home. All of that impact me and my choice a lot.
0: I can imagine. It must have been, you know, not that easy.
1: Yeah, when I was young, my family lived just from our vineyard. And in the time of socialism, there was no private winemaking. Of course not. I think people forget that now. You know, it's it's not that long ago. It's not long. My whole uh, childhood was in socialism. The grapes were handed to cooperative winery for over 500 uh, families in our village and the village near and we could make only small amounts of wine for us and at home there was no possibility way to get uh, out on the market with uh, our own wine there was only cooperative paid the grapes uh, reasonable price in the reasonable time it was all pre-delt, there was no free market, because there was no free market. That's
0: right. And I'm sure it impacted the quality of the winemaking, too.
1: Yeah. And I got into private uh, winemaking in uh, 1995, right away when democracy and open market come to Croatia. And I was very young and motivated at the time, and I had to confront with a lot of changes, but uh, also my male colleagues also had to confront the, some changes because it's all new for all of us. And in that time uh, there is uh, no revolt between us. Sometimes they me as young and uh, immature, but I never had any difficulties with uh, them because I was a woman. I got a lot of respect from them, even though I was the only woman in the winemaking in uh, all region at the time. There was no problem. That's incredible. You were the only one. Yeah, I was the only one in that time. There was uh, the time when we started the private winemaking. Wow, in 1995. So how many
0: winemakers were there in your area, including
1: you? That time was around 10. We started, we finished with a cooperative and started on winery because the cooperative has 500 cooperators, families.
0: Right. Were the 10 of you close? Did you help each other? How did it work at the beginning?
1: Yeah, there was a difficult time because there was all new for us, new market. Our seller, there there was no full of the equipment. We helped each other in that time.
0: It's such a strong story. You know, I just need to point out that's not even 30
1: years ago. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> around 25 years.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you and I are of a similar age. But I know, you know, certainly my children never experienced that time. And it's it's interesting how people just tend to forget. And so you were so lucky the 10 of you had each other and you were able to to grow the wine business. I know that you've also credited another woman as being an important role model for you. And her name was Andelka Ančić. Can you tell us how she influenced your growth in the wine sector?
1: Yeah, our dear uh, uh, late Angelka Ančić came to our village Potomia in the late 60s. She came in the really... Patriarchal village, and we roamed as a young enologist to work at the cooperative winery. And with her work, humanity, and knowledge, she got the trust of all men in management as well as mostly men in cooperatives of the winery. That's incredible, all by herself. Yeah, very young in that very patriarchal village. They called her Mother of Dingach. And I grew up watching her work and the also impact of my choice later in life. And in my life, to me, it was normal to stand up with my knowledge and work in all men business because I'm looking how she doing that.
0: I think you had to be tough in those days.
1: Yes. And strong
0: and probably very brave as well, because when your family is depending on you, it puts much more responsibility on you.
1: Yes, that was. But there was a different time, different growing up, different than today. Of course.
0: Yeah. How's it going today? Are there more women in wine in Croatia now? Do you have groups of women winemakers who you can depend
1: on and share your knowledge with? There are mostly men's winemakers, but there is a lot of women who has winery, who are and work in that uh, industry. And we have uh, the association uh, Women on Wine in Croatia, founded in 2011 by Sanja Muzaferia. Ah, right. Yes, of course. She does a lot of things with wine. Yes, yes. She's very active. In that, and uh, throughout that uh, organization, the women exchange knowledge, experience, and support each other, and they organize a lot of activity for women in wine throughout the year.
0: Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. Oh, that's great to know. That's good. How many women take part? How many participate?
1: I don't know. Now I'm the member, of course, because I am on the first day member. But uh, I don't know now, but there is one uh, association, the main association in Zagreb. And we have one in Split in Rijeka. There is a lot of women all over the Croatia. That's so
0: good. That's such a positive development in such a short period of time. That's great. More
1: than 20 to 50, I think, in every organization.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's really great. In a very, very short period of time. It shows how devoted women are to wine and winemaking in Croatia. That's, that's great news. I know your winery has Become truly a family business. You know, it it has always been in your family. And now you work with your brother and your children. You know, what's it like these days working all together? You know, life is going a lot better for you now. I know your winery is doing very well. So who makes the decisions and who's the leader? What's it like working with the
1: family? Do you see your children working there in the future? Our winery, as you say, is a family business. And when I started, my brother joined me as soon as he finished his maritime career. My children are also there. My son, Boris, is doing uh, the core business with sales and marketing. My daughter, Antonia, is an enologist, and she is taking care of the winemaking process. And my third youngest daughter, Lucia, is also helping with marketing. And children of my brother also helping in the winery when they are at home in Potomia. Because daughter is painting and she lives in uh, Barcelona. And son is sailors and she lives in Dubrovnik. But they came uh, on the um, harvest time and the uh, summer and they helping us when he is at home. I think there's something really
0: special when you can pass on to your children that connection to, to a family vineyard the way that you have done. I'm wondering about Antonia. She's an oenologist now, you said. Did she study in Croatia?
1: Yes, she studied. Two of my daughter and son, Boris and Antonia, they uh, finish um, high school in America, in the U.S., and they came here and uh, finished college. Antonia Agronomy in Zagreb and Boris uh, American uh, College of uh, Management in Dubrovnik. And Lucia is a journalist. She finished uh, college in uh, Zagreb for journalists.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. I love to hear the story that you're, you've got another generation coming along behind you to pick up the reins when you're ready to hand over. Um, you know. Your winery, Borda Migudic, is considered one of the top artisan wineries in Croatia. So I think we have to talk about the winery a bit here now. How many hectares have you got and how many wines are you producing? How many bottles a year?
1: We have a boutique winery and we have around eight hectares of vineyards. So really small, eight. Eight small, but in our, it's a big for us. And we produce forty to 50,000 bottles of wine. Most of our vineyards on the steep hills of Vingach and Postup. And we also have some vineyards in inland of Pelleaschats, or Peninsula.
0: Yeah, well, where you are, it is so steep. I've seen photographs of your crew vineyards, in and Postup. And it's like heroic winery that we have here in Italy. Everything has to be done by hand, you know, in Liguria and Mount Etna and places like that. How long is your growing season there? How many people work with you in the vineyards and, and help with the harvest? Because it has to be done by hand. You can't get tractors up those steep hills.
1: Like some part in Italy, you saw heroic vineyards. In Italy, we have also heroic vineyards in uh, Pelješac Peninsula in Dalmatia. That is Dingach and Postu, which is very steep hills and soil full of stones and sand. And uh, on that uh, position, we can use uh, the mechanically or electronics everything we done manually. With that, time of work is longer and we need more people to work in our vineyard. We have three employers that work for us all year, along with all of us in family, of course. During the spring work, we usually have additional six and in harvest season, 10 people. To keep our wine healthy and sustainable during the whole year, we need to work in them all year long.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the keys of being an artisan winemaker. You take good care of the vineyard and the land, not just the grapes. You have to take care of everything. I I know you're farming organically now. Was was that the choice you made?
1: Our motto is wine is made in vineyards, so we put as much efforts as we can into our vineyards.
0: I so agree with that. I, if you make a mistake in the vineyard, it can't be corrected in the cellar. I think you're absolutely right there. And, and I know you're farming organically now. Was that a choice that you made or was it a tradition that you followed? How, how important is organic winemaking in Croatia now? Uh-huh.
1: Our vineyard position give us the possibility to work in an eco- and sustainable way. It is not just that we want to make wine in the eco-way and we go that way. Dingach and Postu have slopes 40 to 60 degrees deep towards the sea, sandy soil and uh, triple insulation. So we cannot work there but in the eco-way. Because of all that, in that position we don't use any pesticide or herbicide and everything is done manually. Or our traditional is to respect and to live with nature and that is the core of our business. Well, I think that's so important now. You know, when we talk about marketing, are you selling mostly in Croatia or are you exporting at all? We export about half of our production, mostly in the U.S. and European Union. We have been in the U.S. market for 20 years already. Wow! You got in there really early. Yeah. rest of our wines we sell inland in Croatia. We are a small winery and we don't have the capacity to be on the shelves of supermarkets, so most of our wine. I sold in restaurants, wine bars and wine shops.
0: Well, it's it's amazing because you know, nowadays young people, people who are new to wine, just coming into wine for the first time, they really want to know how their grapes are grown. They want things to be organic and sustainable. So, having that philosophy of taking care of your vineyard is so important in terms of attracting new people, getting people involved with what you're doing. So, it's exciting to hear that you are Keeping up those traditions, you know, of course, as you said, it's so steep in some places, you you can't do anything else, you have to do it by hand. But it's nice to hear that, you know, the importance of it is more than just a label on a bottle. It's something that is so meaningful to you. And I want to talk a little bit about the wines that you're making. We live it. that. Yeah, exactly. You live here. You want it to be right. Exactly. And it's it's your family vineyard. You, want, you don't want pesticides and chemicals. I completely agree with that. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the wines, because I am ashamed to admit that I know very little about Croatian wines, only the ones that are related to Zinfandel, and we'll get to that. But I think most of my listeners will be fascinated to hear what you're doing. So I know Dingach was the first vineyard to be protected as a DOCG back in 1961, but, you know, the Yugoslavian government back then. But ultimately it became the first red wine in the region, you know, to be called a premium red wine. So tell us about the grape and,
1: and the wines that you're making there. Dingach is a remarkable position with all of steep hill soil and Isolace has the perfect condition for Plavac Mali. 100% of vineyards there are Plavac Mali, and our centers understood that a long time ago. Dingach was, as you said, first protected as a DOCG in ex-Yugoslavia back in uh, 1961. And I'm not sure, but I think that it was even protected before Chianti in Tuscany. I'm not sure. You're right. Yeah. You're right, and my family had luck to inherit those positions now there we now produce wine red full body wine with strong alcohol in an amazing dark ruby color that is a few words of wine.
0: well, I love croatia i've I've had a couple of wonderful visits in Croatia uh, and now I'm going to have to come and see you and and Really get involved with the winemaking scene there, but you mentioned it, um, Plavac Mali. That's that's the grape that is an offspring of Krillianac, which is Zinfandel in the U.S. and Primitivo in Puglia. So this is a grape that's near and dear to my heart because it has such an interesting story of traveling around the world. And we know that this is a grape that loves being hot and, you know, it's very expressive of its terroir all over the world. It grows in different places. So, you know, you said your wines are big and powerful with this lovely, famous, well-traveled grape. Um, how many wines do you make from Plavac Mali, different
1: labels? Plavac Mali is uh, definitely the most important variety in Dalmatian, of course, in Pelješac, And we do the two labels of the Dingac and Postup. And we do the Plavac, which is inland, the wine from inland. And we do one Kuve Galeria, And the second label, uh, Marica, also Plavac, 100% of Plavac. So you're doing all different things with oak and with wood and... Yeah, six different varieties, from the first, second, and the basic wine. And we do the dessert wine from the proshek, from the white grapes, rukatats, and from the Mali red proshek. We have two.
0: And how are you making your sweet wines? Are you doing them Botrytis style or... Pasito
1: style? Traditional project is only traditional style. way. Okay? we picking and uh, drying on the sun, maybe 15 to 13 days. we drying the grape in, and after that, uh, crushing and put on a big uh, glass bottle to fermenting slowly three to five years. It's a traditional way. Wow. So I'm just going to remind people who are listening.
0: Yeah, only eight hectares, and you're making a lot of different styles of wine. This is a lot of work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work, but but we take the position for the labels. The so position give us the different
0: wine. Well, this is exciting. So um, I I know winemaking in Croatia in general has just kind of blown up in the past twenty years. You know. What do you think have been the most important changes? You know, where do you see the Croatian wine industry going
1: in the next, you know, five or ten years? Croatian wine making got the new wave back in the nineteenth when we opened the market. Wine scene was developing very fast to catch up with the rest of Europe.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Because Croatia was making wine before
1: a lot of other parts of Europe, but they're so far ahead in marketing and technique. Yes, but on our road, we had a lot of bumps, good ones and bad ones. Generally speaking, winemaking has developed much faster than structural and legal regulation. I think that's always the way. Now we came to the phase where winemaking is development and our vineyards don't have any security of regulation. A lot of people have vineyards and they don't produce their own wine. And they don't have the security when selling their grapes to bigger winery. And I believe that if our regulations stay the same, that both the bigger wineries, smaller wineries, they sell their grapes will be in problem in the few years.
0: That's really interesting. That's very interesting to hear you say that. Um, I, I I agree with you. I, I think when winemakers can make their own wine, you know, right in the vineyards where they're growing it, I always do think that there is something on a quality level that's going to be better. Um, so I agree, but... I didn't realize this is something that was really affecting Croatian wine. That's very interesting to hear you say that. Do you think that people will start making their wine
1: more often or keep selling the grapes? Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, keep sells the vineyards.
0: Is it just economically better,
1: easier? Easier, yeah.
0: Well, I think you know easy isn't always the best way. So I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that you are being a champion of of artisan winemaking and boutique winery uh, with these very important grapes in such a special and ancient area, and benefiting from all the changes that have happened in the past 25 years. I read a quote from you that I really liked. You said, "A truly fulfilled and successful woman is someone who defines success on her own terms." based on what brings happiness and satisfaction to both herself and those closest to her. I thought that was really um, so meaningful. How how does this philosophy guide you in your work? What's your advice to young women in Croatia who want to be in the wine world now?
1: Of course, my philosophy through life was that successful and happiness is something that gives uh, satisfaction to me and my family. To be happy and satisfied, we need to be our, ourselves. That is not always easy, but if I trust in myself, I believe I can make it. I agree. Let me ask you a personal question. Does it still give
0: you a thrill to see your wine bottles being sold in, in wine shops? What's your
1: favorite wine that you make? <laughs> I always tell all my wine is like my children, all is my favorite. In any situation, when you sit on stall, in any situation, when you sitting and drinking uh, on a table every day, you can drink uh, the bigger wine like dingach and postup or uh, like dessert wine. You can drink uh, something easy to drink uh, by basic or uh, second label, but if you celebrating and uh, have a special dinner, you take the first label or if you uh, on the dessert wine is the time for the sweets when fits and all wine is like my children all is the best my wine
0: exactly and and some days you you like the company of one of them more than another <laughs> at christmas time i we went sweet wine too
1: so that's that's really nice here in the croatia is also In our village and my family, in Christmas times, uh, the sweet wine proshek and the mantala. That is one uh, very old traditional cake, uh, what we made with the must. Oh, wow. With the the grape skins? Yeah, with the must.
0: Amazing. Well, let me ask you a question. I am... um very interested in rose wines, particularly Italian rose wines, which is my specialty.
1: Do you make a rose wine? We made last year, we start with a rose wine, with the rose wine Zifandel rose. Fantastic, with the Plavich Mali. No, Zifandel. Oh, with you know that the Milenko Mai Gorgich, who died a few days ago. In 2000, we got recognized the Plavac is genetically the son of Zifandel or Primitivo or Cerliena. Yes. And here in Dalmatia, after Phylloxera, Cerlienac vanished from Dalmatia and Plavats Mali came as a more resistant variety. After the recognition of the connection of Plavatsmali and Zin, a lot of people start planting new vineyards of Cerlienac or Zifandel or Primitivo. Where are you getting your rootstock for Zinfandel Primitivo? And back in 2007, I started with a business partner, American businessman, Bob Belmoshe and his family. Bob was a big wine enthusiast, especially for Dalmatian red wine, and they came here and they buy the house in Dubrovnik and want the invest to the vineyards, and he likes my wine. and. And he wants to bring Zinfandel back home to Croatia. And we decide to plant vineyards on Pelješac.
0: That's incredible. So he brought
1: Zinfandel
0: rootstock back from America to Croatia?
1: He wants to bring the Zinfandel. And we are the first want to bring and plants original California Zinfandel in vineyard in Croatia. That's like
0: going full circle. Zinfandel started in Croatia, went all the way to America, and now you've brought it back. That's a wonderful story.
1: Yeah. Now, more than 15 years later, Belmoje family and our family make together both Zinfandel and Inga Chwine under the Belmoje family wine label. And last year, we know that Ziffandel in America start like, uh, white and rosé wine as like a basic wine. And we last year start with the rosé, rosé Ziffandel. But not big, uh, big addition, but uh, we start with the rosé. I'm going to have to find this wine and taste it. Yeah, and that is in addition of our normal Vifandel. That is not so special, but addition, we do the rosé.
0: That's great. Oh, I'm so glad I asked you that question. I I have to be fair and tell our listeners I hadn't put that on my little list of things I was going to ask you.
1: So thank you for telling me about that. And also on the end, thank you for the to to be your guest, and I would like to wish everyone Merry Christmas and a successful new year to all of your listeners. That is
0: great. Well, thank you so much, Mare. I can't thank you enough for this really fun conversation. I've learned so much about women in Croatia and the winemaking industry. It sounds positive. It sounds like things are going forward in a really beneficial way, and I'm excited. Um, to learn more about Croatian wine myself. So thank you so much. I wish you a huge Happy New Year.
1: Thank you. And I hope that one day you came to Pelješac to see me and my winery. Thank you. Yes,
0: peace and good wine to all my listeners. You're always welcome. I'm booking my trip now.